And I just remember standing on stage one day and feeling completely out of alignment. And I knew it was my time to go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 85 of the Neuro Experience Podcast. I'm Louisa Nicola and I am your host. And today we go into the power of words with Liz Hernandez. Let's get into it. Alzheimer's is the most common cause of dementia, a general term for memory loss and other cognitive abilities serious enough to interfere with daily life. Alzheimer's disease accounts for 60 to 80% of dementia cases and can result in loss of speech. And this is exactly what led my guest, Liz Hernandez, down the path to create Wordiful. As a former radio host and entertainment reporter for Access Hollywood, E! News and MTV, Liz Hernandez's career has been built on words, but no chapter more than the one she is currently living with Wordiful, a video and live event series that underscores the importance of how we communicate with others and ourselves. Liz's mother lost her speech as a result of Alzheimer's. The the diagnosis ultimately pushed Liz's decision to leave her job as a co-host of Access Hollywood and pursue Wordiful full-time. I'm so excited to welcome Liz to the Neuro Experience podcast. Guys, before we get into the episode, please, if you haven't done so yet, I would really appreciate you leaving a review. If you love this episode and you feel somebody could benefit from it, please screenshot it, pop it up into your Instagram stories, tag myself, tag Liz. It helps get the word out. It would mean the absolute world to me. Now, without further ado, let's get into the episode. So Liz, thank you so much for being part of the Neuro Experience podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) You've got an absolutely fantastic journey um, and a beautiful journey that I've, you know, I've been a fan of yours and now of Wordiful and I just wanted to bring you on and, you know, have you as a guest so you could share some insights into, you know, your morning routines, how you started Wordiful, why you started it, and hopefully provide the audience with some tips around self-talk and everything else about you. Wonderful. You let me know where you want me to begin. <laughs> well, first of all, I want to ask you, how do you start your morning? I start my morning with a pretty religious routine. Every morning I wake up and the first thing I do is meditation, whether it's five minutes, 15 minutes, or 20 minutes, depending on what I have in front of me that day. But it's really important that each morning I wake up and I give gratitude and I say, thank you for the day. And then I just close my eyes and I just go into a deep meditation. And for me, that's really important. Like I have a saying that I try to live by, and that is that prayers are our requests going out, and meditation is God's answers coming in. So for me, it's listening to that inner voice, that uh, higher wisdom before, you know, there's that great saying, don't pray about your plans, listen to what God's plans are for you, and then pray about it. <laughs> I love <laughs> that's, kind of, that's kind of where my, my idea of first thing of meditation in the morning. 
That's beautiful. Do you practice any type of meditation? Because for me, I'm very big on Vedic meditation and it took me actually to do a two-week course um, to actually learn how to do it because I was, you know, my mind was so scattered and once I learned how to do it properly, I became addicted and meditation actually changed my life. Yeah, I started really slow. I was actually gifted a meditation app by a friend and it was Oprah's uh, 21-day challenge, her and Deepak Chopra. And Mm. I noticed an amazing transformation as far as how I was able to focus a lot more and just remember simple things that maybe I was forgetting throughout the day. You know, whatever that is, whether it's we forget where we put our car keys or our sunglasses are on top of our head when we're looking for them. It was just those little... Uh, attention to detail that I noticed I was much more alert. And so after the course was over, the 21-day meditation was over, I thought, you know, I'm going to download it and do it again. And so I downloaded it and I did it again. And the deeper I got into it, the more, again, I noticed the effects and that it was a huge benefit. So I decided to dig a little bit deeper and got into TM. And so that is what I practice now, Transcendental. Oh, beautiful. That's, you know, Transcendental and Vedic um, are pretty much along the same line. So I can see how you definitely primes your brain first thing in the morning. Um, so give us a brief background on how you got to where you are today, because I know your background is very diverse and very, very inspirational. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, Gosh, I'll try to give you the really short version because I have an extensive background in entertainment, but uh, I started just like most people do. I was in college trying to figure out what I wanted to do and got an internship in radio. Radio led me to a beautiful career in Los Angeles for 10 years on a number one morning show. That landed me the opportunity to do television. I went from MTV to E! News to Access Hollywood. And it was when I was first hired at Access Hollywood simultaneously, my mother was diagnosed at the time with dementia. And I had told my boss I was thinking about, not thinking about, that I thought I was going to have to quit. Mm. And she was kind enough to say, you don't need to quit. We are here to support you and we'll figure it out. Mm. And at that time, I had just moved my mother to Los Angeles because I was going to care for her. And, you know, my father was very adamant about don't quit your, don't quit your day job. That's going to be your, your therapy with, you know, when dealing with what we were, had to go through as a family. And so I was balancing both of caring for my mother and working a full-time job in television. And at the same time, I had missed the connection between Los Angeles and myself, you know, I grew up with Los Angeles, 10 years I spent on the radio. And, you know, when you think about that, some people say like, I remember listening to you when I was in grade school. And so by the time I got off air, they were already graduating from college. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, there was, it, 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 it was just interesting because throughout everything that was happening in my life, there was this thread of communication and words. My career has been built on words. I was a storyteller in radio, and now I was a communicator in television in a different form. And at the same time, how life would have it, my mother was losing her language. And I was, I was uh, thirsty for 
I, I, w- I was missing that piece of communication with an audience that helped raise me and I helped raise them. So I mm-hmm. created a passion project, which was wonderful. And it took on a lot more meaning because like I said, at the time I was creating it, my mother was losing her language. And as I stood on a stage in entertainment television, it began to chip away at my consciousness or my conscious, uh, my conscience uh, about what is my message into the world and what am I saying and does it have meaning? And because there were so many moments where I would just find myself recording my mom because I didn't want to, I knew the inevitable was coming and I didn't want to think about the day when I would no longer be able to hear her words or no longer be able to have a real conversation with her. And, you know, her, her vocabulary has now boiled down to about, um, maybe she has 2% left, but, you know, she still holds on to the key phrases of, I love you and thank you, which Mm. is such a huge testament to her. But Wordiful is also a way for me to pay it forward as well. And what I've come to realize or what I realized then was that I was enjoying spending more time with my passion project than I was with my actual job. And I just remember standing on stage one day and feeling completely out of alignment. And I knew it was my time to go. Mm. And as life would have it, you know, what doors started closing and other doors started opening. And so I just took the leap when I felt it was right. That's such a beautiful story. And I actually want to um, touch on the fact that, did you, do you believe that Waterfall came because of, um, you know, the diagnosis of your mother? Or do you think that you would have found your way to this existence, even if things didn't, you know, turn up this way? I really trust life's process. And I believed it all happened together simultaneously. It's like, you know, synchronicity or serendipity. It's a little bit of both because again, I truly in my heart feel that life was training me. All those years in radio was preparing me for what Wordiful is now. All those years in television was preparing me for what Wordiful is now. The audience that I'm able to bring on this journey with me, they've been on this journey, not by accident. And even with my mother, you know, I say to my friends sometimes when I'm really struggling with the hurt is I really believe deep down that me and my mother made an agreement before we even came to this planet that, Mm. you know, it's kind of like when you say take a bullet for someone, Yeah, she was going to push me to my highest self so that I could get this message out. And, And, you know, and I'm really grateful. My parents always spoke to me. Uh, very lovingly and very encouraging. They've always told me I could be anything I wanted to be, that I was loved and that I was appreciated and to never be afraid of anything. Mm-hmm. And so this wonderful, in a sense, is my gift to pay forward, to allow people to understand that the most powerful words we can speak is to ourself. It's mm-hmm. that internal dialogue. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful because they say sometimes, you know, if you've had, and, and it could work either way, a lot of times as adults, the, the punishing and the loving voice in our head tends to be our parents' voice. Mm. And, and, you know, I've really have bathed, bathed in the gratitude of having two parents who use their words to help me and not hinder me. 
The reason why I gravitated so much towards Wordiful is because, uh, you know, the scientist in me, you know, says that neuroplasticity exists, okay, the brain's ability to rewire itself. And basically when I, talk, when I think about self-talk, I think about how can we rewire our brains in a more positive way to change our realities, to change our lives. And when you talk about Wordiful and speaking to yourself, it's kind of on the same, you know, same basis in terms of, what you say to yourself, you eventually believe in. And I know that, you know, just looking from the Wordiful Instagram and all the content that you put out there, you speak a lot about speaking words into existence and obviously what you just said, um, internal dialogue. So how do words affect the way that we feel, think and shape our life? Well, you are 100% correct in saying that we definitely can change and rewire the circuitry in our brain and we do. So for instance, every time we complain, there is uh, like an electrical, I don't even know what you'd call it. I, I'm, I'm at a lack, lack for words. Right <laughs> it's a it synapse in the neurons. Synapse. Thank you. That's yeah. the one I was looking for. <laughs> we send a synapse and it goes over to the other side of our brain to spark another synapsis. So mm. when that happens, when that thought, when that complaint travels over, it then sparks on the other side of the brain. And then when we have that reoccurring thought that I am not good enough, I am not good enough, the brain to conserve energy, instead of traveling all the way to the other side of the brain, it pulls that other synapse closer so -hmm. that it makes it easier to have that same reoccurring thought even faster. And luckily, and so you literally rewire your brain. Mm. So if you're wondering why I'm in, why am I so sad? Why can't I get out of this funk? Well, you've rewired your brain so that your brain is pumping out that same thought, that same energy, and that is going out into the world and creating your reality. Mm. And luckily, the same is true for gratitude. For every thought of gratitude, it sparks the synapse. Sorry, that's my little dog. <laughs> that sparks the synapse, and then it travels over to the other side of the brain, and Again, if you are constantly having thoughts of gratitude and giving thanks for all the things that are good in your life, it pulls it closer so it makes it easier to have those thoughts as well. So, okay, let's break this down in terms of you've got your self-talk. It's the words that you put, you know, the words that you speak to yourself. We've got moments of gratitude and appreciation, which our brain registers as giving thanks, which makes us, you know, happier. What about the people who are in this negative space, they've got all these negative thoughts. And the first thing they think about when they wake up is whatever happened yesterday, because our brain is a record of the past. And we have this habit as humans that every time we wake up, we immediately think of something that happened yesterday. Yesterday was in the past and just something that, you know, happened in the past that wasn't, you know, that didn't serve our higher purpose or that didn't make us happy. And then we get into this negative thought space first thing in the morning. So with Wordiful, is that, um, is there a way that we can get out of the negative headspace, get out of the negative thoughts that we're having and basically reprogram our mind just by talking to ourselves and telling ourselves, you know, thoughts of positiveness and gratitude? 100%. There's, there's a million ways. So what I have found to be most effective is first understanding that we are not our circumstances. Those are our choices. So we can choose to wake up and be happy or we can choose to wake up and be miserable. It's really a choice. We're the only person who can think in our minds. Mm-hmm. And so with that power, 
you then, and you know, there's that expression and I don't really like it, but there's that expression, fake it till you make it. Mm. You know, I've told all of my girlfriends when things aren't going right in your life, start writing down every single thing you are grateful for your sight, your hearing, your legs, your body, your heartbeats, everything, because where you're, where you focus that focus, that's where your energy goes. Mm. And so when I say fake it until you make it, you have to write affirmations every single day until the brain begins to believe what you are writing. Mm. And I found a really powerful tool. If you're going through a slump or you're finding yourself in a, in a, in a place of, you know, depression, anxiety. And, and again, I say anxiety is just our need to control. The reason why we feel anxious is because we want to control the future or the outcome and we don't have control over it. We only have control in the current present moment. And that is so powerful because we control that moment. So for me, if I'm feeling in a space or if one of my girlfriends is feeling in a space, I tell them to journal, dump it all out onto paper because mm. then it gets off the hamster wheel in your head. You mm. stop replaying the same song over and over again. And it's now allowed you to spill it onto the pages and you can let it go. And then the next thing to do is then to write, what are you grateful for? After you're done writing what you're grateful for, then write your affirmations. Even if you don't believe your affirmations, if you write them for 365 days, you oh, will start yes. to believe them. <laughs> oh, yes, actually. And I hate to bring it up, but Hitler actually said a really great thing. Well, he said something that was truthful and that was tell yourself a lie long enough and you'll begin to believe it. And, um, it's so interesting because we can literally train our brains into believing that we are anything. This is why some of the best athletes in the world use visualization because they literally visualize. And if they do it correctly, they can literally visualize themselves winning a game or kicking mm -hmm. a goal. And they actually, if they do it right and if they do it long enough, they will think that they have actually already won the game. And that is, to me, that is so powerful. And that's the power of the brain and the power of mental performance. And and I can, you know, I can only imagine what journaling on a daily basis, whether it's good or bad. I mean, you know, negative journaling, maybe not so, but positive journaling on a daily basis, plus, you know, positive self-talk can really change your mood, can change your brain. And something I'm really fascinated well, let, let me, sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but let no, me no. add something in there about journaling. Well, the thing with journaling is you shouldn't judge anything you write. If, even if it's negative, just dump it out. Oh, That's really? the process. Yeah. With journaling, that is your opportunity to just be free. It's like free therapy. It's like telling your therapist, here's yeah. everything that's bothering me. Here's everything I'm going through. Here's everything I'm feeling and everything I want to get rid of or everything I want to change in my life. Mm. You can be as positive or negative or neutral as you want to be. That's what journaling is all about. It's free writing. It's also non-judgmental. In non-judgmental. Then mm. the way you switch gears is going into your place of gratitude. Okay, now what are you great? Now that you've dumped all of that stuff out of the brain first thing in the morning, now, or even if it's late at night, what's, what am I grateful for? And then if you, if you feel like you just can't find those things and that's when you get into your affirmations. Mm. What I'm obsessed with now is actually looking at the science behind all of this. And I looked into cortisol, the stress hormone and, um, and how negative emotions can actually raise your cortisol levels and in turn, you know, 
raise the acidity levels in your body and that's how we can actually get sick. So I actually read a study, which I'm going a bit off track now, but it's so it's so crucial to understand. I read this study about 10 days ago now around the science behind uh, positive thinking and how it can actually lower your cortisol and in turn actually, I'm not going to say eliminate, but, you know, lower your chances of getting sick. Yeah. Well, again, I mean, if you just look up also um, practicing gratitude, I mean, the benefits of that are, the list is so long. I couldn't even begin to tell you. It's it's the exact same thing. Mm. Okay. So what is, can you give us a brief overview of what Wordiful actually is? Because I know you've got some awesome of awesome events happening. And I'm so excited, by the way, to um, come to your one in New York City. And I know you're about to have it, I think, in May. But what is Wordiful and what are these events that you put on? So Wordiful, I started a long time ago. It's really interesting. I used to have an event called How I Work. And I was really interested in getting to know how people work, not just professionally, but how they work personally. And that is what we just talked about. Do they write in a gratitude journal? Do they give thanks every morning? Do they believe in being on time? How do they believe in treating people? And Mm -hmm. so that's really the catalyst for a little bit of how Wordiful started of understanding that I wanted to have that communication and be more of a storyteller than just doing entertainment news. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's where it got its start. And seeing these live events and actually being able to look someone in their eyes, give them a hug and say, thank you. Let them know, I see you. Thank you for seeing me. It's very powerful. And uh, every, I would say like six months, I would throw these big wordiful events. And what I noticed is every time I had an opportunity to meet someone, they had a story to tell, how it affected them, what they got took away from it, um, a change in their life. A lot. Of, I noticed a lot of women were getting emotional. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, you know, it would be amazing to be able to create a space where I didn't do so much of the talking, but the women can do the talking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's no pressure, but if they want to share what they're struggling with, what advice um, another woman might have for getting ahead in career, in marriage, in family, um, how they were dealing with self-care, all, just all the things that we deal with. And so Wordiful Women was created. And it is just a safe hub where, again, it's like getting together with your girlfriends for a glass of wine and just laughing, sometimes crying, and just being able to authentically be ourselves and have real conversations so that we can understand that we're not alone and other women are dealing with the same exact things that we are dealing with, which then gives us a sense of belonging, a sense of confidence. It heightens our self-esteem because we're not being so tough on ourselves. I love that because it's um, whenever, you know, I hear a lot and I go in this, you know, I go into this as well. Whenever I experience something in my personal life, sometimes I think that it's never happened to anybody else and it's just me and you internalize it and you don't get it out to anybody because it's, you don't, you know, sometimes you don't want to waste somebody else's time or, you know, you, you see this fake, these fake images on Instagram and you start to believe that other people's lives are just so fantastic. So you internalize everything and you believe you are the only person going through this particular crisis. 100%. And, you know, my biggest 
I guess, take away what I want people to realize is that when we don't deal with those feelings and those emotions, they will manifest in another way. They will manifest when we argue with our significant other. They will manifest in traffic. They will manifest with how we treat someone on customer service on a phone call because we're not letting out that hurt, that pain, that anger, that confusion that nobody understands me or that feeling of I don't belong or no one is like me. And so this opens up the conversation. It opens up a platform to realize, oh my goodness, you are just like me. (laughs) And yes, our problems may be a little bit different, but we're feeling the same thing. That's so important. And um, I can only imagine the results that you're getting from it. And it's probably just going to grow and grow every city that you go to. So I'm excited to go to the one in New York. And we're, we're going to talk about this at the end of the podcast. But can you talk to us about some of the daily routines that you have? Because I know you've spoken first off with your meditation in the morning. And obviously, you've got some journaling and some um, internal work uh, internal self-talk practices. Is there anything else that you look at and think, I do this every single day because this is something that's going to change my life? So recently I got into, uh, I, it was, it was so funny how, I, I always say, you know, life is happening for me, not to me. Mm-hmm. And so when certain things are gifted to me or certain things come into my life, there's always a reason for it. And I was gifted this beautiful um like incense holder and I burn Palo Santo in my house every day. Now I was, my birthday was in March. So it's only been about a month. So I've been lighting it every single morning. And I, as soon as I wake up and I just give gratitude for my home, I bless my home. I say, I tell it, thank you. Thank you for protecting me, keeping me warm. You know, I'm just gratitude, gratitude that I had a warm place to sleep. And I will say my heart gets filled with so much just happiness and joy and um, thankfulness. And so that's where I start. And then I usually put warm water on the kettle and right away I pull out my gratitude journal. I read from a prayer book. And once I'm done reading from my prayer book, I write down three things that I'm grateful for. And then I write affirmations. I write seven affirmations and I write them for my mind, my body, my soul, my family, my social, my work, and my money. Mm. So an example of that. um, Oh, I love that. I I can't take credit for that. That um, belongs to a friend of mine named Kevion, and he was life coaching me for a while. And he was just phenomenal at at being able to help me tap into having just faith in myself and in my new venture of creating my own company. So I give him all the credit. Uh, But yeah, he taught me that if I wrote these seven affirmations, I'm telling life in a sense, or I'm, I'm giving myself a roadmap. Mm. And so I affirm every day that my mind is healthy. My mind is at ease. My mind is joyful. My mind is creative. My mind is productive because as you and I both know, it's like our we get monkey mind and it's, if you don't give your brain direction, <laughs> your brain will take you go everywhere. Yeah. It's a go. scary thing. It's a scary thing. Exactly. So this helps me zone in on the seven things that are most important in my life. He calls them the seven equities. And oh. so for each one, I write an affirmation. Oh, I love that. I'm going to actually start doing that tomorrow. Um, and I'll update you when you get to New York on how I would love that. And let me tell you, it's, 
amazing the things that have manifested out of me writing those affirmations. I've been writing them now for almost two years. That word manifest, I've, um, there's been a lot of people, whenever I do a live event, um, obviously very science-based I am, but I've been getting so many people. There's always two people in the audience that have said to me, Louisa, do you believe in the art of manifestation and the, and the law of attraction, the law of attraction. And I always say, look, I can't speak too much about it because I don't know that much about it. So in the last three weeks, I've been drenching myself and in Abraham Hicks. I'm not sure if you know who she is, but um, I do the law of attraction. And let me tell you, it has just, um, it's changed my life. And um, she speaks, the one thing I love is that she speaks a lot about being in the present moment and always sticking to, like whenever you get off track and a bit anxious and nervous and upset, you always have to go back to what makes you feel good. And that's exactly what you're speaking about now. Wordful and the art of self-talk and journaling and gratitude practices is going to make you feel good. So you get back on that path of alignment. Yeah. And, you know, that's when I created Wordful too, you know, it's, it's 60 second videos. It's taking one word at a time and either telling a story about how I'm applying it to my life, how I use it or a lesson that's been learned. So it's, it's very light in the sense of where I'm just trying to create a small change in consciousness of how people think about the words that we use. Cause sometimes we just talk to talk and we say mm-hmm. things to say things and we don't realize that everything is energy and energy mm-hmm. can't be destroyed. It can only be transformed into something else. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important that we're aware of that. And that's not spirituality, that's science. Whether you, it's, it's a little of both. I always tell people, whether you are very much on the spiritual side or very much on the science side, both sides would agree that everything is energy <laughs> and uh, it cannot I, be destroyed. I, I actually completely agree with that. So in, apart from the, the wellness, the health and wellness of your mother, has there been any other life circumstances that have shaped your, uh, you know, where you are today? And that is, I can't say it enough. It's gratitude. It's since I've been, I've been gratitude. uh, I've been journal. I've been writing in a gratitude journal for almost 10 years now. And it has just given me more optimism, more happiness, just feelings of connection because I'm being reminded. It's what I'm choosing to focus on Mm. and um, just increased self-esteem for myself. It's, less emotional drama that I pull myself through because, you know, it's like one day I can get a flat tire and be so bummed. And why is this happening to me? And, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to sit here on the side of the freeway. Or I can remember that just two days ago, I had gratitude journaled that I was grateful to have a car Mm. and I was grateful to be able to drive my car, to have a mental capacity to operate um, a vehicle. So it's, it's all of those things that I feel have completely changed my way of living and my way of life. So you're saying if we want to start right now, today, tonight, and we want to start to get on this amazing bandwagon that you're, that you're on, what would be the first thing that we should start to do? I would, for me, again, my, my starting point was writing in a gratitude journal. It was giving thanks. And like I said earlier, a huge, a huge, beneficial exercise is just journaling in general, whether, you know, maybe, maybe you're not in a space where you want to give gratitude because here's the thing. You can't be grateful and be sad at the same time. You can't be grateful and be angry at the same time. You can only be one of those things. 
And so when you're in sadness, the only thing that will pull you out of that is gratitude. If you're angry, the only thing that will pull you out of that is gratitude. So maybe journaling is where you start. And then once you start to feel hopefully a little bit better, you can start getting into journaling things that you're grateful for. Mm -hmm. And maybe that thing is just that you can feel, that you can feel your emotions. Mm -hmm. Even Even if it's a broken heart, be grateful that you're having that experience because it's just there to help you grow. No, oh. <laughs> easier said than done. <laughs> I've been. Oh, I know. I, I know. I around when I went through that. What's that? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I wish I. I wish I was around when I went through that. You know, that's the thing is when we're in it, it's so hard to. It's so hard to see. And you know what? For any person thinking, you know, she doesn't know how I feel, or she hasn't been through what I've been through. I have. There have been times where I've been in the shower and I literally turned it off. And I just started sobbing and everything I know, every self-help book I've read, everything I've journaled, every time I've given gratitude, that all went out the window and I just didn't want to hear it. It just sounded like blah, blah, blah in my head. And I was so angry. I was so hurt. And I said out loud, God, why are you doing this to me? Or why is this happening to me? And let me tell you, in that moment, it was like I got punched in the gut and all of a sudden, everything I've ever said I was grateful for started downloading in my brain. It was like, like files coming in and your brain was like, my brain went into subconscious and it was like, let me remind you of all those things you said you were grateful for. Mm-hmm. So yes, I may be here nursing a broken heart, but I'm, bro- I'm nursing that broken heart in a safe home, in a safe country with a beautiful little dog that depends on me with my eyes, my ears, my sight, my taste, all of that. So um, how sad can I really be? <laughs> yeah, 100%. And what I think it, you're doing with Wordful and with all of these practices is you're basically... You, when it comes to a a crisis, whether it's a heartbreak, whether it's something that's going on in your personal life, I think what you're teaching everyone is not a Band-Aid method, it's a a prevention method because, you know, we can't predict the future and we also can't predict that, oh, if I go through heartbreak, I'm immediately going to be better. It's maybe you'll manage it better. And that's what I think all of these practices... 100%. That's all it is. It's just having tools so that you can lift yourself up a little faster. Because believe me, you have to heal it. I mean, you have to feel it to heal it. Like that's the hardest thing I think we don't want. Or I would say that's the most uncomfortable thing we don't want to look at. We never want to feel the pain. We never want to feel the unworthiness or the sadness. We just don't. We don't want to sit in it. We're so uncomfortable, but we have to. You have to look at it and ask yourself, where is this coming from? What is the triggers? And that's the only way you take the power out of it and you begin to heal. I'm, I've got so many notes to take from this podcast, by the way, when I re-listen to it. I'm so excited about listening to this again. Um, <laughs> so as we come to the end, Liz, um, I want to ask you a question. That is, what's the one piece of advice that you could give somebody so they could change their life and make it better. And I know you've given so many, but if you had to pick one, what would that be? If you want to create change in your life, then you have to do something different than you've been doing. You know, in order for there to be change, you have to change something you're doing every day. I love that. Now, 
please tell us all about this amazing event that's happening in New York City, when it is, how we get tickets to it, what it entails, who can come, everything. So I'm really excited because this is my first time taking Wordiful out of California. And of course, I love New York. New York's like my second home. <laughs> I've always dreamt, I've dreamt of living there, but I've never, you know, the opportunity. Actually, I had one opportunity to move out there and I think I chickened out. So I give New Yorkers <laughs> so much credit because, you know, that is not an easy city, although it is a beautiful one. If you know um, how to be in a rush, then you can move here. <laughs> <laughs> I adore, but I adore New York so much. I'm going to be there on May 4th. We're having the event. Uh, they can find uh, tickets to the event on my Instagram page or at wordiful.com. Actually, it's probably the easiest place. That's wordiful.com, or they can find me uh, on Instagram at Liz Hernandez. Uh, but it's a gathering of, we're going to do about 50 women. And it's an opportunity to open up the lines of communication. Let's talk. Let's talk about all the things that get under our skin, that we're struggling with, that we're enjoying, that we love, and that is helping us. It's basically going around the room to share our tools with each other so that we can come out better and stronger. And it's a lot of fun. You know, we snack and we drink and it's like a girl's night out, really. It's And I just enjoy it so much because it's an opportunity to bond and to realize that we are very much alike. We have more similarities than we do differences. That's so great. I'm so excited. What I'm going to do, I'm going to link everything at the on the footnotes of this podcast for everyone just to make it easier. So Liz, I'm excited to see you here in New York. Thank you so much for being part of the Neuro Experience and we'll see you very soon. Thank you. I can't wait to hug it out in person.